You're listening to Humanize Me with Bart Campolo. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Humanize Me. I'm Bart Campolo. This is my podcast, although you wouldn't actually know it if you were looking for me in January because I was AWOL or MIA or whatever other military acronym you want to use to denote somebody who is just not fulfilling their responsibilities. And look, I don't want to make excuses, but I got to say that ever since that New York Times Magazine ran that article about me in the beginning of the year, I have been swamped with emails and phone calls and visits from people all over the place who are looking for the kind of communities, the kind of fellowship that that article describes me and my students building at USC. They're they're looking for the kind of communities that we talk about here all the time on the podcast. And, and I got to be honest with you, those, those people that have been reaching out to me, they are not looking for angry atheist clubs. They're not looking for intellectual debate societies where a bunch of smart people sit around congratulating themselves for figuring out that they don't believe in God. You know, and, and they don't have a minute to spend. They're not, they're not, they have no interest in mocking people who still believe in, in all that stuff. You know, what they're looking for instead are warm, friendly places where they can actively pursue goodness in a collective way. You know, where, they, where because everybody generally agrees that this natural world is all there is and that this life is all we've got, where, where because we all agree on that, we, we can actually concentrate on helping each other make the most of it by building loving relationships and by making things better for other people and by cultivating a sense of gratitude and wonder for the incredibly improbable privilege of consciousness. You know, I I feel really good about counseling and coaching people. Some of you know that I do that, that I, I counsel and coach people. Some of it's via Skype with people that are far away, some of it in person here in LA. But I feel really good about coaching people who are working out relationships or who are working through big issues. We're trying to find more meaning and purpose in their lives, especially after they've kind of working through religious transitions. I feel good about that. But honestly, so many of those problems would be so much more easily solved in the context of a supportive community with a shared commitment to the greater good. Look, I am, I'm really conscious. I'm, I'm, I am not unaware of all the fear that's out there right now. And the truth is people are scared for good reason. I'm scared right now. I mean, it, it feels like ever since Inauguration Day, we have been battered with a shock and awe campaign of executive orders. 
You know, there's the, the, the Muslim ban and the threat to women's rights and, and this appointee and that crazy tweet or statement. This promise recently to, to, to dismantle the separation of church and state. I mean, but the thing is, you don't want, the, the, the weird thing is there's so many bombs going off that people don't know which ones to concentrate on. And I think that what we have to worry about is getting, is sort of being divided. Some people are upset about this and some people are upset about this. And the thing I'm really worried about is just the fundamental shift in the way this nation is governed. I mean, you get the sense that this regime is just trying to change all the rules and consolidate power in a way that is terrifying to anyone who believes in sort of a constitutional democracy. I mean, it's funny. I, I was talking with the students I work with at USC the other night, and I said to them, you know, when I was a kid growing up, I was fascinated. I mean, it was, the, it was in the 60s, late 60s. And, and it wasn't really that far away from World War II. But it, to a little kid growing up, it felt like a long time ago. But I knew my grandparents had been around during World War II. Even my dad and mom, they had been growing up in that era. And, you know, that was the thing you would ask. You would say, like, hey, when Hitler came to power, when World War II was going on, when, when, when the future of humanity was in doubt, you would say to people, what did you do? You know, and everybody had an answer. Oh, this is what we did. I mean, even, I mean, not just people like I served in this thing or we did this, but like my dad as a little kid said, yeah, we had a victory garden and we grew vegetables because we knew that would help. And we collected tin and, and we rationed gasoline and we rationed everything so that we could send, so there was more gasoline to fly the jets or, or, or rather to fly the fighter planes or to fly the, to fly the bombers. To, 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 we, we sent stuff over, we wrote letters we were all unified because we knew that on some deep level, the future of human goodness was at stake. You know, you talk to people about the civil rights movement, same thing. A lot of people say, like, I, they'll tell you what they did in that movement because it was, it was a moment. It was their moment. And I told my students the other night, I said, make no mistake about it. This is our moment. 50 years from now, you know, 60 years from now, you'll have some little kid on your, on your lap and, and you'll be reading them a book and they'll turn and they'll say to you, hey, what did you do when Donald Trump became president? What did you do? What was your response? How did you participate? And you know, I, I, I got to tell you, like, I, I, I know we're in this internet and age. I know those things are different now, but I see all these people sending emails and, and, and petitions and they're putting stuff on Facebook and, and that's all good. It is good that we are having all this consciousness raising. It is good that people are, are saying to each other, I'm mad about this and I'm mad about that and I don't agree with this and did you know about this and oh my gosh, look at that. But the time, the time is coming. The stuff that's gonna, ha the stuff we're gonna have to do to protect our world, and and, and and to protect our freedoms, I I'm convinced that it's gonna require more than a few, you know, keystrokes, more than a few like auto correct, you know, auto letters, 
I think we're getting to the place where there may come a time where we have to shut down some highways and shut down some airports when some people have to go to have to get arrested and then another wave come behind them and get arrested and we have to fill the jails until they don't know what to do with all of us. I I think there's coming a time when we're going to have to really stand side by side and arm in arm and we're going to have to work together we're going to have to protest together and we're going to have to to, to struggle together and maybe get arrested together. And, and I'm convinced that people won't do that just for a high ideal. They'll do that for their neighbor. They'll do that for their loved one. They'll do that for their friend. It, and, and, and so the, the problem with all this online activism is I'm not convinced that people are connected enough to each other that when the chips are down, they'll do what needs to be done. It's funny, I was watching a, a documentary about the Ukrainian uprising in 2014. It's called Winter on Fire. It's on Netflix. And I highly recommend it at this moment because what it shows is, is people that when they become convinced that their government is out of control and it's taking them in a direction that they don't want to go, they band together and they say, we, we're, we're going to shut this place down until... And unless we get a change and, and they, they actually succeed in, in, in driving a corrupt government out of office. And when I see the level of commitment, I mean, there were tanks out there. People got beaten up. People got killed. People had to feed each other and they had to, had to bind up each other's wounds and they had to protect each other. And I thought, like, I wonder if we would do that. And now I'm starting to wonder, I wonder if we're going to have to do that. And so what I got to say is, when people say to me, what are you doing? What are you doing? I, I, I got to tell you, like, I haven't fully figured out what else to do. But I know the one thing I'm doing is I'm saying, like, hey, we've got to teach each other the skills of banding together and learning to love each other and learning to spend time together and building the kind of little small communities, the kind of tribes that will stand together against tyranny. Not just for the sake of their principles, but for the sake of their loved ones, for the sake of their community. And so, yeah, that's like, like believe it or not, I think that this is an act of resistance to, to build people together to build little communities, to, to get a bunch of college students to love each other and to care about each other and to pursue goodness together for goodness sake. Not a, and, and I think, you know, ultimately in this moment, a lot of people are going to want to be part of those communities. They need that kind of fellowship, but they're not going to find it in church or in synagogue or in mosque because they don't believe in those stories. And so we've got to teach each other how to build communities around the epic of evolution around a story, the story of science around, around kind of reality as it is, as we understand it. And so, yeah, that's, that's what we're doing. And I want to encourage, it, it, I mean, it's been really exciting to me because a lot of the people that are writing to me are saying, are saying, Hey, I'm in Dubuque, Iowa. Do you know a community like the one you've got there here? I, I, hey, I'm over here. And the truth is I don't. In most cases, I don't. That's the frustrating part. But I'm starting to get multiple letters from like, I got a bunch of letters from Little Rock. These people don't know each other. I'm thinking I better connect them. And so I haven't figured out the uh, 
mechanics yet, but if you write to me from now on, tell me where you are because I'm going to start trying to do a little matchmaking. And if, and if, boy, if you're part of a community that more or less kind of fits the vibe that we're talking about here, I was talking to some guys in Morganton, West Virginia, and they were like, we're doing it. We're doing that. We've got a group like this, about 30 of us that get together, you know? And I said, man, send me the stuff. Because I want to be able, I want to tell anybody that's around, this is, there's one here and there's one here and there's one here and we're going to learn from each other and we're going to figure this out. It's like a bunch of guys and a bunch of women and a bunch of garages trying to figure out computers 30 years ago. And some of us will fail and some of us will learn from each other's mistakes, but eventually we're going to figure out how, how to do it. What the, we're going to figure out how to adapt the best stuff we learned from kind of the religious communities that we came out of, a lot of us. And we're going to adapt it to, to kind of the worldview that we've got now and, and, the, and, and the moral code that we've got now. And we're going to build these kind of communities that inspire people to be their best selves and to build their best communities. So listen, I, I, okay, it's enough of me waxing eloquent. I, I, if, you, if you look at the description of the show, I think probably at some point we'll write up like what it's about. And, and, and I got to tell you, what I'm going to talk about next is really experimental. So like if you hate what comes next, it's okay. Just write to me. Don't hate me. Just hate what I'm saying because I don't know if this works. I just, I just know I got to put it out there and, and, and I, I got to put out this idea and, and see what we as a community, what we figure out together. Because, because a few weeks ago, a friend of mine got her knee replaced and it's a really painful surgery, it turns out. And she was really susceptible that some stuff went on with her nerves in her knee and all of a sudden she was in excruciating pain for weeks chronic pain, horrible pain, like mind bending pain. And, uh, and, and, and she couldn't get her doctor to respond to her at one point. And you know, they're back and forth. They're trying to figure out like, what do we do here? And in the midst of it all, I'm sitting over at my friend's house and I felt so helpless. And you know, like what's funny is, is that what I wanted to say to her is, in my thoroughly secular way, I'm praying for you. I, I wanted to pray for her. You know, because that's what we human beings do when we're helpless. We cry out, help. Now look, when I say I wanted to pray for her, like, I know, I know some of you are going to be freaking out. Like, you don't, even, even if you say it's in a secular, non-supernatural, you're not asking anybody for anything way, like, do not use that word with us. That word freaks me out. And maybe we have to come up with a different word. But I'll tell you what, we got to come up with. I don't know what you call it, but we got to come up with a thing that we teach each other to do, a way that we teach each other to talk when somebody's in trouble that comforts us and that comforts them. I mean, and I have to be honest with you, when the chips are down and, and even when they're not, I do still pray. Now, now don't get me wrong. I'm not... I, when I'm when I say I pray, I don't ask anybody for anyone. I, there's not a supernatural bone in my body. I don't believe there's anybody out there. I mean, goodness knows, my faith died the death of a thousand unanswered prayers. You know, I don't pray to God or to Jesus. 
or to Mother Earth, or even to the universe. I don't call out like, like the universe is going to respond to me, like the universe cares. The universe does not care. As far as I know, there's no evidence that, that the universe cares. I mean, we care, I care, you care. There's, there, there's caring within the universe, but the universe itself, nah. And, and believe me, I spent years trying to make prayer work. I, it's funny, I have a friend who has a bumper sticker that says, nothing fails like prayer. And boy, that was my experience. Is, and you say, but didn't miracles happen? Didn't wonderful things happen sometimes? And I said, yeah, they happened about exactly as often as they would have happened if there was absolutely nobody out there. I mean, sometimes improbable things happen. Sometimes wonderful things happen. But you know, like the Templeton Foundation is always trying to like prove that there's something to all this religious stuff. They did a study in 2006 where they had a bunch of people pray for strangers in other places. And they sort of, they wanted to, they, they were trying to prove like, does prayer have any actual empirical impact? And of course, the answer was no. Now, when you pray for strangers, nothing happens. So, so when I say I pray, I do, please, I'm not interceding. I'm not asking anyone for anything. And, and to be honest with you, I'm not talking about mindfulness either. I know a lot of my secular friends are really into mindfulness, and I know I should be. You know, and Sam Harris is always pushing it and everything. You know, and as good and as healthy as all that meditation stuff is, it has, honestly, it's not what I'm talking about here because it has nothing to do with directly addressing my heartfelt concerns for somebody else's problem. And that's, the, that's, that's when this stuff comes up to me is when somebody faces me, somebody tells me about some horrible thing happened in their life and I don't know what to do about that. And, and don't get me wrong, this mindfulness stuff is hugely valuable. You know, that I mean, it, it's proven, you know, it reduces stress, it reduces fear, it reduces aggression, it reduces, it, it, it reduces depression. Uh, you know, it improves people's self-control. It improves their emotional regulation. It improves people's focus. I mean, it, it has all sorts of health benefits. It makes you a better person. And I guess on some level, then it's, it, it, you know, if you've got somebody over there with a problem who's in your life and you, you, you're mindful, I guess maybe it'll make you a better person for them. But when I say I pray, what I mean is, that I actually stop and think about the other person in a very sort of disciplined way. So if I say I, I'm going to pray for you, what it means is I'm going to think about you. And the first thing I'm going to think is how grateful I am for your life, how grateful I am that you're in my life, how grateful I am for the connection. Like I'm going to go through the whole gratitude thing. I'm grateful that I'm conscious. I'm grateful that you're alive. I'm grateful that we became friends. Whatever it is, whatever there is to be grateful for, I want to stop. I want to start there because I know that gratitude is healthy for me. But I also know that gratitude, if I think about your good features, if I think about the if I think about the blessing you are in my life, um, it's gonna it's gonna change it's gonna shape my attitude towards you in a really positive way. And 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 then so, so, so the gratitude thing happens, and then what I want to do is I want to I want to express out loud or in my own brain I want to express to myself like what's wrong? Like what I'm worried about. Like I want to acknowledge that I'm worried. 
I want to say like, man, I'm worried that she's drinking so much. Or boy, her boy, you know, like, man, when I think about Jane, I'm, I'm so worried. I'll just say out loud, I'm so worried about how, how sad she is since her boyfriend broke up with her. Or I'll just say to myself, you know what? It really bothers me that he can't find a job or whatever it is. Like, I'm just going to acknowledge, I'm going to like, I'm acknowledging it. Not, I'm not telling anybody else. I'm telling myself like, look, look, can I just articulate to myself what I'm upset about? And then I want to articulate not only what I'm upset about, but what I hope happens. And I'll just say like, you know what? I'm going to articulate my fondest hope. I hope that guy gets a job. I hope she finds some comfort. I hope things get better between the two of them. I hope her I hope we find I hope we we find some way to reduce her pain. And you say, well, why do you do that? And well, I'll tell you, like, because first of all, I've read some studies that suggest that when you think about another person in that kind of directed way, when you pray for them, if you will, that it's, it does all those mindfulness things. Again, like it reduces stress. It reduces fear. It reduces aggression and depression. It improves your focus. Like like just the act of thinking about another person that way, it, it, it does all those other good things, but it also makes you a better person in a very specific way. And that is that when you focus on an individual that way, studies have proven that when you think about somebody that way, when you encounter that person again, you're going to be more forgiving towards them you're going to be more compassionate towards them. You're going to treat them with with more respect, which which kind of makes sense. Like you've you've reflected on the goodness of that person and you've expressed your own desire that their life get better. You know, it's kind of like almost psychologically, you're not going to work against yourself by like by treating them horribly when you encounter them. You're going to treat them better. In some sense Thinking about people that way reinforces the value of compassion. Like you say, I value compassion. I go like, yeah, but when you focus it on a specific person, it reinforces that value of compassion or, 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 or of relationships being valuable or of social justice being valuable in a very concrete way. It's a way of like, like not just, it's a way of specifying your general values. And again, like, it's demonstrably proven that when people reinforce or when they concretize their values that way, then they're more willing to sacrifice for that person. They're more willing to be patient with that person. They're more willing to express love to that person. And in some sense, like when we reinforce our values, what we're basically saying is like, you know, we get to that point where we go like, gosh, what would a good humanist do in this situation? What would a good person do in this situation? And you go like, wait a second. I just was thinking, I am that good person. So yeah, like whatever a good person would do in this situation, that's what I should do because I am a good person. And so the act of reflecting on another person's problem sort of primes you to invest yourself in trying to help solve that problem or, or at least trying to comfort them in the midst of that problem. I mean, and, and, and that's why I think it reduces my sense of helplessness. When I, when I think about somebody that way, what I'm really reflecting on is like, okay, I'm looking at this need. Is, what I'm really doing is I'm thinking like, is there anything I can do that could address the need that I'm worried about? Like I'm worried about this person being discouraged. Is there anything I could do to encourage them? You know, like, can I send them a card? Could I give them a call? Could I, you know, 
and I take them to the movies. You know, like that, that, that in a sense, thinking about their problem and, and articulating what I hope happens sort of gives me a sense of agency. Like I'm doing something right now, like I'm priming myself to be a better friend to you. But I'm also thinking about, is, there, is that all I can do? Or maybe, I, maybe there's something more tangible I can do. I'll tell you what the, what the other thing is, is, is it gives me the ability to come back to that person and go like, hey, I have been thinking about you in a very sort of directed way. Like I have been hoping, I, have, I keep saying out loud to myself, I hope her pain gets better. And when you say that to somebody, what you're letting them know is, I'm invested. I'm really in that you, you let them know you're invested and that's its own value because sometimes one of the things that happens to people when they're in trouble is, is that, is that they get discouraged and sometimes they don't take good care of themselves. Sometimes they don't do the things they know they should do for themselves to make things better. But when they know that you're invested, sometimes people will do things for you that they wouldn't even do for themselves. And so they go like, listen, Mary wants me to get better. So I better do the, I better do the exercise because she's invested. Bart cares about this. So he's invested. And she says, like, do you actually want to let people know that you're invested in their well-being? I do. Because they're way more likely to do the things that are, that are kind of going to be good for them. I mean, that's why, you know, that Pew study, the, you, praying for strangers, no effect at all. Now, the question is, but what happens when you tell loved ones that you're praying for them? Does that have an impact? And the answer is, of course it does. It's not, there's no magic. There's no God coming down to swoop in and heal them. But the, the knowledge that somebody cares about them and that somebody's invested in them, sometimes that changes their emotions and sometimes it changes their behavior. And sometimes it changes your behavior in a way that causes you to affect change in their life. I, I'm probably belaboring this point. I can, I, you know, it's funny. I always joke about my sister-in-law, Mary, and I can see her going like, okay, I get it, move on. And she says that in the sweetest way, by the way. But you know, one of the reasons, like sometimes I think like you don't just want to pray or think about people when they're not around. Sometimes you want to say to them, hey, before I leave this room today, I want to let you know. I, I, and sometimes I say to somebody like, look, this, when, I say I'm, when I say I care, I, when I pray, I just want to say out loud, I'm really grateful for your friendship. And this pain you're in really bothers me, makes me so upset. And I really hope that we find some way or that the doctors find some way or that somehow something gets better. I just want you to know that is what I want more than anything right now when I think about you. And you say, well, why do you want to say that in their presence? And I say like, there's two reasons. Number one is, is that again, like I've got, I, I've read some studies that say that when people, when people do that together, it builds trust between them. That in a sense, like that person it increases their trust in you when they hear you articulate things where, where you, when you make plain certain things and, and, they, and, and they agree with you and you go like, wow, we just, I just said that out loud and they nodded. They think the same thing. We want the same thing. We're on the same page and that creates solidarity and that creates trust and that is a very good thing, especially when somebody's struggling. All right, I got one more thing to say. 
because I was talking to a buddy of mine about this a few days ago. I was sort of preparing myself for this podcast. And he said, listen, don't do it. That prayer stuff, that whole word, that whole concept is stupid. I hate that. He said, when I was a believer, I hated that because I felt like whenever anybody said, I'll pray for you or I'm praying for you, what they were really saying was, I'm absolving myself of all responsibility. Like it was just a way to to, to relieve themselves of any kind of, concerned like oh I you know you're just passing the buck I did my part I passed it on to the almighty and now now it's it's not my responsibility and listen that if you think that's what I'm talking about you haven't heard anything I'm saying because this is not passing the buck this is about taking somebody else's burden and making it yours in a really open way this is this is kind of a way of taking responsibility for people or for situations and saying like, hey, I'm, I'm part of this. I want to be part of this. I, I enter into this freely. I, I guess in some ways this is about like externalizing your empathy. You know, like we all feel when somebody else is in pain, we feel that pain in some way. Or we, especially when we've developed empathy. I don't know if you've ever been to a movie or if you've ever been on the street and you watch somebody get punched in the stomach or getting a beating and you find yourself like crouching down and wincing and going, oh, oh, ah. And, and, and you know, that, that's because you, there, there are mirror neurons in your, in your brain that like we identify with other people's pain and we actually hurt when they hurt. And, and this is sort of externalizing that and saying like, okay, I'm going to say out loud, like you're hurting. Hey, that hurts me. I'm thinking about that. I'm feeling that. I'm trying to figure out what I can do about that. I mean, it's not passing the buck. I mean, I'm make, make, make no mistake. I'm not asking anybody for anything except maybe myself. I mean, because what I'm really doing is when I, when I'm praying for about one of these situations where I'm thinking about somebody in this disciplined way, what I'm really doing is I'm carefully considering who they are and what they're up against and how I should feel about it. And if there's anything I can do to help with it, listen, I, I bring this thing around the, all the way around. Cause I got to tell you something, this whole Trump situation this whole moment that we find ourselves in in this country where like there's really the rise of a regime that threatens to change the whole world in a really horrible way and you say you know what are you going to do about that well i'm telling you this is what i'm this is part of the solution here because you know a lot of us are you know we're overwhelmed right now with all this news and the tweets and the and and, and the the, the, the comments and, and the Facebook postings and the memes that are running around and we are overwhelmed. We, we, our heads are full of this stuff and we're going crazy and we're upset and we're, and, and we're stressed out. And, and what I'm saying is, yeah, maybe, maybe instead of just staying on Facebook all night long, you got to stop, pull off by yourself and say, okay, let me, let me take a moment here and ask a simple question. What am I thankful for? about this country? What am I thankful for about my life? What, 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 what is it that I value? What is it that I cherish? And then ask, what am I worried about? And articulate, like, look, I'll be honest, this is what I'm worried about. Say it out loud. Don't let it be this kind of like lurking, like, I don't want to think about it. I don't think about it, man. Articulate it. And then ask a simple question. You know, what can I do? 
what can I do? And you might say, well, what if I think about all this difficult stuff? And I, I go like, I can't do anything. I don't know what to do. And you come up empty. And you know what? If you come up empty, that's all right. Because what that, that does is the next time you're, you, you get up from that moment and you go talk to somebody and say, you know what? I've been thinking about this. I don't know what to do. Do you got any ideas for me? And sometimes the act of reflecting on something helps us to figure out, I got to do some research. I got to ask some different questions. I got to stop just complaining and start to think like practically, how do you address this situation? So sometimes it drives us to ask other people. It drives us into relationship in a different with a different set of uh, of questions. Yeah, I think some of us we're so busy reacting right now that we're not reflecting, and that ref- and and that shows up in 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 kind of the helplessness that we feel. And some of us are stressed out. And some of us are anxious. And some of us are aggressive right now, and we're depressed. And you say, "Wait a second! Wait! Wait! Wait!" Didn't you say that, that that mindfulness stuff and that this this kind of like focused more, more more focused kind of secular prayer stuff that that it helps with that stuff that it reduces those things? Yup, that's true. And listen, my friends, I got to tell you, this is going to be a long haul. We're we're in a struggle now. This is this is going to be a big deal, and it's going to go on for a while. And so, it's going to be important for us. You say like we don't have time to build. The, oh, we're, we've got time. We're gonna have. We're gonna be in this. That we're gonna be in this. This is gonna. This is not gonna be a quickie. And we got to build those communities. And and this kind of, this kind of interaction, like I'm saying, I think this might be a tool for helping us to feel close to each other, for helping us to feel less helpless when we encounter other people's problems. Because like if we get close, we're gonna encounter their problems, and and it's gonna feel so uncomfortable if we feel helpless. So like, I think this is a tool. But yeah, I think we got to build these communities, but I think we also got to get more thoughtful and more disciplined in our thinking. And that's what this whole thing was about. And I know, like enough, okay, enough. I have talked too long. Probably some of you are going to say, I have talked too breathily. You know, some of you are going like, see, I knew he was full of shit. And, and I told you, I warned you at the beginning, this is experimental. I, like, if you're sitting here going like, man, this is such bullshit, I can't stand it. Like, Like, it's okay, like, like, you can hate this. Just don't hate me. Like, let me know what you think. Let me know. You think, like, this is bullshit. Like, that stuff, Maggie Wheeler, with the music, I buy that. And that stuff with Mark Iaconelli and the storytelling, I get that. And some of this, and, and, and the stuff about, like, let's not focus on making fun of people. I'm down with that. But this prayer thing, you've gone too far. You are a freak. You are, you, you, like, you're still caught up in that weirdness. Like, if that's how you feel, let me know. Let me know. Because maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this is a maybe this is way off base. But all I'm saying is, is that we're in a moment where we got to figure out how to band together and love each other enough to fight for what's right in our society in our world. And I'm not like I ain't above anything. And so like you say, like, wait, are you going to be back next week? Yeah, yeah. And by the way, I promise, like, we're going to be regular from here on out. We're going back to the weekly schedule. I've got people lined up. It's going to be good. And I'm going to be back here next week. And you got like, and I'm going to be, we're going to just keep trying to figure this out. How to make the most of our lives on the other side of faith or without faith. 
because we never had faith. How to make the most of our lives in a secular way. We're going to try to figure out how to build these kind of relationships and, and how, to, how to make a difference in other people's lives and, how to, and we're going to bring in some scientists to talk about like stuff that will just make us go like, oh my gosh, the, this, this life is cooler than I thought. Like we're going to try to build each other up. And uh, yeah, so we'll be back. I'll see you on the other side. I'm done. This was great. I love you. Bye. For more information about the work of Bart Campolo, please visit bartcampolo.org.